Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, my name is Pearly Burra, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Nula Riley. Nula is a health, safety, security, and environmental specialist at Harbor Development. Welcome, Nula. Thanks, Pearly. Thanks for having me. On today's podcast, I want to focus specifically on two topics uh, that have come up out of a couple of recent discussions on health and safety. The first, which I found to be uh, very interesting, was uh, an observation that someone made one day during our discussions here in the office that really most people that are working today in health and safety didn't start in health and safety. Uh, they started in, in a variety of other careers. Uh, as, as a person put it, uh, you're not seeing any guidance counselors uh, in high school suggesting that kids go on and uh, study safety at university. The second conversation that uh, I guess sort of caught my attention was uh, I had a conversation with Shelley Poirier from the New Brunswick Construction Safety Association. And uh, one of the questions I asked Shelley uh, was, you know, she's she's had a long and distinguished career with NBCSA and I asked her, well, what's the biggest change you've seen over that career? And and her comment was the number of women in health and safety has grown dramatically over that time. So today, really, I'd like to focus on those two uh, two topics. So uh, I guess our guest here, Noella, today uh, represents both groups. So, Noella, uh, tell us about your background before you joined uh, Harbor Development. Give sure. sense of what you were doing before. And I absolutely am a late in life or to health and safety. So I did come from, from prior industries. Um, I actually spent the first, let's say about 12, 13 years of my adult life as a stay at home mom. I have a large family. Um, so when I went back to work, I went back in a little bit later in life in my thirties and I primarily worked in industries that, um, assisted people after they had experienced a major life upheaval. So I spent six years working for Employment Ontario and we lived in Ontario and I worked primarily with people who had come out of a, a significant job loss and, and helping transition them through that period. And then when we came to New Brunswick here, I worked for several years in uh, bankruptcy. So again, working with people who've gone through a significant life change and, and helping to transition them through that. And for me personally, um, and we were, we were talking earlier today, Pearly, about you know, stories and, and why they resonate. Um, I lost a cousin to a workplace accident in 2016. And it started a chain of events in my life that led to me pivoting into uh, health and safety. I decided um, as, as much value as there is to help people through significant changes after the, the fact, I'd like to be on the front end of that and help prevent significant changes from, from happening in the first place. So how did you end up at, uh, at Port Development, Herb Development, I should say? At, so I actually kind of uh, made my way here a little slowly. Um, I went back to school uh, in my mid-40s and uh, decided to do some some upgraded training. And uh, my interest at the time was getting more and more into health and safety. I also have a health and safety spouse, so that doesn't hurt. Um, and uh, I decided to do the UNB program, um, their certificate for health and safety. And I went to work for JDI and, and an opportunity came up with a harbor development for a health and safety specific role. Um, and I was, uh, I had a really wonderful conversation with our general manager and was successful in coming in. So tell us a little more about harbor development. Uh, who are they? What do they do? Sure. We're a fairly small company in the grand scheme of things. When we're at full force, we have less than 45 total employees. But um, 
it's very interesting work. We're, we're marine and we're construction. And what we do is we dredge and maintain the channels here in uh, the main channel and Courtney Bay here in St. John for the marine traffic that comes in and out. So as you know, we have the highest tides in the world. And we also work in these two specific areas with the St. John River coming in. So there's a lot of churning and a lot of sediment and silt that's constantly brought back in. And when we have the large container ships coming in and the Irving oil ships coming in, we need to make sure that the channels are passable for them and there's no chance of anyone getting stuck in here. So we keep that dredged and cleared for them. So what are are your responsibilities in health and safety at the port? So my responsibilities are are kind of sweeping in that I kind of take care of everything from the day-to-day, just if there's any kind of reporting that needs to happen, hazard reporting, incident reporting, and things like that. Um, but I also maintain the, the certification and compliance for both the crew and the vessels. So there's just quite a wide scope, but... Um, we only work in two very specific seasons of the year. So during our, our downtime when we're not actively dredging, I can catch up on a lot of the sort of back office things that need to get done. Now, you mentioned a moment ago you took the certificate from UNB. For folks out there listening that uh, are, are thinking, you know, well, maybe I'd like to get involved in health and safety. What advice would you have them relative to what kinds of courses perhaps they should take or what kinds of uh, training that they should seek if they do want to get involved in the field. Oh, for any sure. Advice, any advice? Any advice is to find, like, just start looking into what's available. New Brunswick has a plethora of training options available. We are really blessed here. Um, if you're interested in doing an actual certificate in the broad scope of health and safety, go to a, an information session with UNB. Um, you can pull it up on their website and they run them all the time and they give you an overview of what the program looks like and how how one would go through it. It's all self-driven as well. So if you're someone like me who's um, really pushes themselves hard, you can do the certificate in under two years, but you can do it in longer than that as well. Um, I'm actually continuing myself now to do the diploma through them. But uh, NBCSA uh, has an amazing amount of basic trainings, specific trainings available, and there's a load of other companies and organizations within the province that have training available, too. You can Google it, and um, you'll have pages and pages of resources available. Now, I noticed last week you were, took a course, actually, from NBCSA, Train the Trainer. How do you see that? How do you see that fitting into your job? So I, that was great. Yeah. Um, I love that they have this option available for us. We're members of NBCSA in our company as we're a construction-based company. And so we do use them as a great resource to send our folks to training. But like I mentioned, we work in really specific seasons. And when we're working, we work 24-7 for months on end. So scheduling training for our crews is really tricky. Um, being able to go through their train-the-trainer process will eventually allow me to be able to train some of their programming to my crew on our schedule. And I don't have to worry about trying to find someone who's available within their schedule. So um, huge and tremendous availability for me to kind of uh, give some freedom to our very constrained schedules here. I really enjoyed it. Now, what kind of topics would you train, would you be training your staff on? I'd be curious. Oh yeah, so we we'll do a uh, rigging training for sure. We we okay. do a lot of work with that. Um we we'll do uh fall protection, we'll do confined space. Um mm-hmm. 
They have uh, a really great program for your Joint Health and Safety Committee training. Um, I would love to be able to put our guys through that as well because we do have members that kind of come in and out through the years. So to give a new member their updated training would be would be really wonderful. Um, and there's just uh, even introductory type trainings like hazard identification. Um, oftentimes our new deckhands are, are very young. We get uh, young guys that come out of high school and Maybe they've been exposed to the fishing community or they've been on boats with their parents or their family and they come to work with us, but they've never actually worked in, in this environment and they don't really know how to identify what a hazard is and when to report it. So even that kind of training is super beneficial to a company like mine. So what does a typical day look like for you? I follow you on LinkedIn and, and I tell you, you're certainly busy and uh, you seem <laughs> to be doing a variety of, of things. So yeah, what's I'm a typical day look like? <laughs> Um, I tend to start fairly early in the day. Uh, our guys go to work around six thirty, seven o'clock, and I'm usually right starting around the same time as them. I, I like for them to see the visibility that I'm here when they're here. So my days usually start somewhere in and around uh, six thirty, seven a.m. And um, I may be in the office and uh, working away at my computer developing some of our own in-house programming or doing some of our reporting. And I might be down on the dredges and, you know, boots on the ground with the guys. It's a, it's a little mix of everything. Um, it's a really funny example. Yesterday, I did put a post up about, uh, you know, just kind of being able to work on the fly. I had a corporate event to go to and I had no reason to expect that I needed to be down on board. So I had a dress on yesterday. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Murphy's Law, I jinxed myself. I needed to go down on board. So thankfully, I keep some coveralls in my, in my trunk of my car and was hastily trying to, uh, roof myself into them so I could go on board for a little bit and be available. Um, I, I really love the way that my position um, isn't, as I like to put it, a hamster wheel. I don't spend my day sitting at a desk and just doing data entry or um, something that, for me personally, I would find really difficult to do. I really get to have my hands in a lot of different things, and I, I really relish the availability to be on board and, and with the guys while they're working. So would that be the part of your job you enjoy the most? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and and I would say the people that I work with, I mean, we are a small company, but there's a real, real family feeling here. And, and I know some people say that about their work, but, um, you know, we, we really are blessed. And it's something that I actually hear other people comment on. So I know it's not just me that feels that way. We we have a real camaraderie. The, the crews that work together, because we work such a intense work season really do become one another's family we have people that stay on board during during their work season um, and live there so it's it's their home away from home and we have the same kind of feeling in our office staff as well where we are you know a small group we're a very close-knit group and there's a lot of cross work that happens so yeah we're, we're quite lucky so I think. Uh, sorry go ahead <laughs> no what's been your biggest challenge today uh, when I first came on board, it was a very big challenge. So we had talked about Shelley mentioning that there's more and more women now, but we are still a fairly small number when it comes to uh, health and safety, and especially in the construction world. Um, when I came on board, I think I was the first new woman who had been hired in, oh, I'm going to say 10 plus years, um, and certainly one in a not a supervisory role, but an influential role for sure. So to come on board and you know, the men didn't know me and I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm an older woman at that. I'm in my 
mid to late 40s now and um, to come into a position where I made a lot of changes very quickly to the way in which we approach our health and safety here. And uh, that was a bit of a difficult transition. But the most important piece of it for me in kind of bridging that was to to make the personal connections with the people that I work with and for them to see firsthand that I was serious and that it matters to me and it's important to me and I care. Um, and I think they all really understand that about me as a person now. And that's made the world of difference in, in getting through that gap, getting through that, uh, you know, honeymoon phase. So what advice would you give to uh say students at a at a community college in a trades program or or really to any female to encourage them to go into health and safety what kind of advice would you would you share with them because i'm sure it's like in the trades a lot of people are a bit apprehensive uh, you know in oh, some yeah. of these fields yeah and uh and i would say this is if if you're maybe like me a little bit you have a creative streak to you i really enjoy being creative um you have an inquisitive streak to you. You're constantly wanting to learn. There is really no better field. Health and safety is a is an evolving and sort of living and breathing entity as a position because it's never one straight thing. There's a million things that your your day could turn into. There's constant uh, upgrades to regulations. There's constant opportunities to learn something new and connect with people on a very real and personal level. And it's really suited to somebody who is very interested in sort of the human factor of work. If you want to make the connections with people and make sure that they get to go home safe at the end of the day and find new and creative ways to keep that conversation going without the conversation becoming stale. This is exactly the kind of field that you should be in. Um, you know, we, we talked about how we do a lot of orientations and training and we keep redoing them and redoing them. And there's a reason we keep redoing them. You know, Craig McClintock made an excellent point in his interview with you where he talked about you never know when that repetitive training is going to suddenly pop to the forefront of your mind. But the challenge to a health and safety professional is finding new ways to keep presenting that same information so that it's not a stale message. And that's exactly the kind of thing that a young person who's maybe unsure exactly where they want to focus their career could look to go um, because health and safety is present in every workplace. You could be interested in healthcare, well, do health and safety in the hospital. Um, you could be interested in education. Well, the, you know, all the schools have health and safety representatives. There's loads of facets to point that kind of a passion into, and health and safety is present in all of them. Now, at some of the job fairs you've been at, and when you talk to the to the uh, younger generation uh, students, what what kinds of comments are they making to you as to their future, what they're looking for in their future, what they see as some of the challenges? I see a lot of... Um, overwhelming like they're just overwhelmed by all the options so there's a I, I actually spoke to a school earlier this week and you know most most students haven't really heard that health and safety is um, a pathway that they could pursue because you know it's not up there with this the sort of standard uh, roles that that kids get um, guided towards but um I, I like to let them know that it's going to be present everywhere, no matter where they go. If they're going to go work their very first job at a McDonald's or they're going to graduate university and move into their first role in the corporate world, health and safety is going to be a part 
So um, I like to encourage them that even if it's not maybe the role that they're going to pursue and look into, find out who their rep is and ask some questions. You know, you don't need to necessarily do it as a as your your profession, but maybe you get involved in your joint health and safety committee and learn a little bit more about it because a lot of us do come to this uh, industry late in life and who knows where, where your path is going to take you. Maybe someday you will pivot into it. Um, maybe you'll find a passion that you didn't know that you had for it. So yeah, I like to encourage them that even if they don't consider it as a role, no matter where their, their life takes them professionally, do find out who their representative is wherever it is that they go. Okay. Um, the Port of St. John in general terms, mm. uh, I noticed on your LinkedIn uh, profile and uh, some of the posts that you put out there, uh, you had a chance uh, to do a tour of one of the cruise ships that was in a while back. Uh, what was going on down at the port these days, both within so, Harbor Development plus the port itself? Oh, yeah. So I have a great connection with my uh, health and safety counterpart down there at the port. Uh, her name is Kelly Legere. She's wonderful. And um, so recently, uh, St. Johners would have seen that we had the second set of cranes come in to the main channel, um, which is going to be increasing our, our ability to have container ships come in. And um, because we're going to have the, the increased traffic and more cruise ships, I think this is going to be a very big season for cruise ships, too. Um, we need to make sure that the channel's uh, at a good depth and, and width to handle that. So Harbor Development, actually, just our completed season there in, in the winter, um, was working on um, in depth, uh, deepening and widening the channel, the main channel, just to make sure we've got enough space for the passage of all the traffic. Um, it's been a really great project. We're, we're about to go back to work in the beginning of July, and we're going to continue on with that project for a little while longer. And um, myself and, and Kelly, and um, there's a, a group of us that have a safety engagement committee with uh, port uh Port connected companies in the area, um, which has been really wonderful. We meet quarterly and we we talk about what's going on in in the area and how that relates to all of our companies. And um, even that has its own little takeaway. And now we have a uh, women of safety of the port. Um, we have a breakfast. We get together about once every couple months and have breakfast together. And it started with two of us, just Kelly and myself. And now there's eight of us. And I think we're going to grow again soon. So. It's it's incredible when you uh, start to make the little connections, how how quickly they snowball into larger ones. So who almost joined your group? You've gone from two to eight. Who, yes. Who else? We have representatives from, from trucking with RST and Sunbury. Uh, we have uh, representatives from Crosby's. And um, we, we just got a couple of people from a bunch of different places. We have somebody from OSCO with us now. Um, so it's great. It's not just, uh, you know, specifically port connected anymore. Now we're kind of branching into women that work in the safety environment within the greater city area. And even outside of, we even have people from Grand Bay Westfield now. So, yeah. Great. Fantastic. Now to go back to the port for a second. Sure. What, de- what depth do you need to accommodate cruise ships and container ships? I believe curious. right now we're working to a depth of 9.2 meters. Um, please don't quote me on that. I'm not the no. engineer. <laughs> yeah. But um, the port goes out and they do um, some um, graphic surveying of the ocean floor and they check and see where where it is they need us to be and where we currently are and they'll give us a report and we go ahead and give that report to our crane operators and to our crew members and um, we can measure everything in real time as we're doing it which is really fascinating to me and one day when I have more time I'd love to learn more of that side of the business Um, 
and uh, we'll we'll dredge in real time and and measure in real time the depth uh, to what the port has asked us for. So it's it's really interesting work when we uh, when we start to break down the real specifics of it like that. So what's next for you personally? Uh, for me personally, I'm going to uh, hopefully finish my diploma sometime. Well, I was aiming to finish it by 2023, but I think now I'm going to have to push it to around February 2024. <laughs> my schedule has gotten busy. Um, so I'd love to finish my diploma for sure. Uh, in 2024, I plan to write my CRST, which is my uh, Canadian Registered Safety Technician exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and fingers crossed I'm successful there. And um, I really have no plans to uh, to move on from my current position right now. There's so many interesting things that we could do here, and uh, I'll keep working with uh, our partner companies and uh, and um, organizations that we have in and around the area. And I'll keep uh, posting on LinkedIn and try to keep some open dialogue going about health and safety and, and what that means to me, and hopefully it resonates with somebody else. Very good. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast today. Uh, you certainly offer a, a, a different insight, I think, as to uh, to uh, what different people can expect from a point of view of getting into a new profession. Also, uh, from a point of view of a female getting into a what was really once a, a very much male-dominated profession. Yeah, So for thank sure. you very much. Uh, My keep pleasure. Up the, keep up the good work. And we'll certainly follow you on LinkedIn. And uh, I tell you, I don't think anyone on LinkedIn is quite as busy as you are. So uh, <laughs> take, take take care. Uh, and by the way, how many hours a week would you put in? Any idea? Uh, yeah, I uh, average somewhere around 50. But when we're really, really busy, I think I have topped out around 70, 75. But uh, I do take my time off, too. I just came back from a beautiful trip to Italy. So believe me when I tell you, I, I take my rest time very seriously, just as much as my work time. <laughs> So how was Italy? It I saw was a lot of your pictures. They looked beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm on vacation and I found a very small dredging operation and sent a picture back to my boss to say maybe we should start pitching into a, an Italy branch. Now, we're not successful yet, but I might get there. You never know. <laughs> so what was the highlight of your trip to Italy? Um we did a, uh, the end of our trip was, uh, in a very, very, very small town in the Amalfi Coast. Um, it was probably my most favorite time. My husband and I endeavored to make the climb from Minori to Ravello, which is about 1500 steps straight up and then back down again. And, uh, both of us have some physical challenges. So to be able to say that we did that, I think that was the absolute highlight of our trip. Great. Yeah. Well, look, take care. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, on today's podcast uh, we look forward to any ideas or suggestions that uh, you of course you've been uh, following and sending us in some to anyone else uh, listening to the podcast we'd love to hear your suggestions uh, please get them off to us at uh, pearly at ssnb.ca we'd love to hear from you thank you very much thanks Pearly. have a great day okay take care <laughs>